Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. Hey, this is Trip Lanier, host of the New Man Podcast. What you're about to hear is the audio taken from a video that I've created. And it may make a lot more sense if you can actually see the visuals that go along with what you're hearing. You can watch all of the videos by visiting thenewmanpodcast.com. Does your mood go up and down depending on what the scale says? Or do you crucify yourself if you miss those quarterly numbers? Or do you ever get pissed when somebody else gets more recognition than you? Let's talk about winning. Let's talk about losing. Uh, and then we're going to talk about this time that I went to a football game and got diarrhea. In uh, this video, we're going to talk about why we can obsess about numbers and measurements. We're going to talk about this fear of falling behind, this fear of missing out, this fear of going backwards. We're going to talk about how this makes us weak. And we're going to talk about ways that we can reframe this fear of losing so that we play bigger, lean in, go after what we truly want in life. In case you don't know me, I'm Trip Lanier. I'm a professional coach. I'm also host of the New Man Podcast, which has been downloaded millions of times. I'm the author of This Book Will Make You Dangerous. And for what we discussed today, take whatever works for you throughout the rest. Um, let's go back to 1991. 1991, college football, FSU versus Miami, number one versus number two. Uh, this was like the third... <laughs> maybe fourth game of the century at this point. Uh, I was 18 years old. I was a freshman at Florida State, and I was at the game. We had the front row. It was me sitting with a bunch of my friends. We were all together on the front row. We were right behind the Miami bench. We were right behind the enemy. Our job was to get into their heads. We were, we were there to undermine them, and we were going to do this by talking some serious shit. There was going to be no sportsmanship here. There was going to be no, hey, Good game, may the best man win. None of that crap. This was war. It was life or death, baby. Um, their sideline was packed with celebrities. I mean, it was a big game. Dwayne Johnson, was before he was the rock, he was, he was a rock in formation at that point. He was there. He was part of the team. Uh, I, think he was on the, I think he was actually there on the team. I know he was part of Miami at that point. But uh, let's talk about Bob Marley's son. He was there. I mean, Bob Marley only has like 72, maybe 73 kids. One of his sons was there. That's a big celebrity. Uh, let's not forget Two Live Crew. Uh, all of their family-friendly hits like, uh, hey, we want some. Remember that one? 
Um, all of these guys are on the sideline, and we were giving them hell. Uh, we spent the whole game talking trash, just yelling whatever we could, trying to get into their head. And we, they would give us dirty looks. They would tell us they were, that we were number one with their middle finger. They would shoot, it that, shoot that towards us. Um, it was a brutal battle, brutal battle. 29 seconds left in the game. FSU is down by one point. Our guy goes out there to kick the game-winning field goal. Is this just winning the game? No, it's winning the entire national championship. Back then, the way the national championship was decided was kind of between these two, the two big teams. There was no playoff. There was no big fancy bowl game at the end that decided it. This was the, the entire season was on the line. This was it. The tension was unbelievable. My guts were rolling. I was just, oh, man, it was crazy and screaming, yelling. I was hoarse. I could barely stand up. I'd given it my all by trying to torture these young men that were just out there to play football. Anyway, 29 seconds left. Our guy goes out there to make the kick. Everybody's watching. Kick goes up. It looks good. Looks good from our perspective. It wasn't. Wide right. Just by a hair. The Miami bench goes berserk. Most of their players run out onto the field, yelling, screaming. A lot of those guys came and got in our face, <laughs> rightfully so. Uh, they let us have it back, and uh, they certainly deserved to do that. Um, we lost by one point, but it was as if the world had stopped turning. I remember walking back to the dorm in silence. Just devastated. I got I got to the cafeteria and I pounded a bunch of apple juice for some reason. I don't I'm not a big apple juice guy, but I man, I, I was so dehydrated, I was so worn out. I just I just poured all of this apple juice down my down my throat and then promptly had to run to the bathroom. And I think after the police were done, they they designated it a crime scene. It was bad. I remember sitting there on the toilet and 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 feeling so sick. And feeling so physically worn out and wondering, what the hell am I doing? This is a football game. Nobody's life was in danger. Nobody's life was saved. Nobody's, nobody lost their lives. Some guys dressed up in some funny outfits, carried a ball, ran up and down the field for a few hours. And some of us felt great for a little while and some of us were going to feel like crap for a few days. And I, I was asking myself, why am I taking this so seriously? Now, I wish I could say that that was the last time that I got wrapped up in winning and losing, especially with stuff that doesn't matter. But it's not. It, 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 it happens. It happens from time to time. It happens to me. It happens to my clients. It, it goes beyond just sports, obviously. We're talking about our professional lives. We're talking about our personal lives. We're talking about our relationships, why do we get so wrapped up in this, this winning and losing, especially with things that just don't really matter? I'm wondering if we, if we could learn how to enjoy competition without also fearing loss. And another question we've got is, can we use this competitive drive, this competitive force to help us focus on what truly does matter? So the first thing we got to do is we got to zoom out. We've got to understand why this is happening. There's a competitive force within us, and it makes total sense. From a primitive perspective, resources were scarce. It was live or die. We had to compete. 
for resources. Go and watch the bird feeders in my backyard, and it is a battle to get that bird seed. Even though there will never be an end to the bird seed because of my wife, it is a battle for the bird seed. We've evolved a bit. We evolved a bit, and then we became this warrior. Warriors fight to the death. That's their whole point, right? You're a warrior. You go out and you go into battle, but you go out there. You don't go out there to shake hands. You go out there to kick ass, take names, and leave bodies on the field. Fast forward to our modern life, and based on the amount of body fat percentages out there, I don't think any of us are living too scarce in terms of uh, food. We're not going to starve anytime soon. But that doesn't mean that our primitive selves aren't still intact. That doesn't mean that that warrior energy has dissipated. We're, we, can, we have still found ways to express this competitive energy. We have still found ways to compete in the world, whether it's sports, obviously, but it can also be within ourselves with the, with the body fat percentages. It can be the quarterly revenue goals. It can be having a bigger house than the guy that stole your girlfriend in college. It goes beyond that into admiration, into recognition. We feel pissed off and, and wronged if somebody gets the recognition that we feel that we deserve. Competition is fun until it isn't. And it happens, the reason why it's not fun is when we lose ourselves in the game. We get hijacked by this primitive part of ourselves, this primitive belief that the battle, the game is really about life and death. It feels that way to this primitive part of ourselves. And there's a cost to this. When we get stuck in this mindset, life becomes a giant pissing match. It distracts us from what's truly important because we're wasting our time and energy trying to protect, improve, and perform for shit that just doesn't really matter. Number two, it distorts our reality. We tend to focus on what's missing. We tend to focus on what others have that we don't. And we lose that. this has us lose the, the ability to appreciate all that we do have. This also has another cost, which is it, this fear of loss has us hold back. It has us avoid disappointment. It has us avoid situations where there might be some kind of a failure. It has us overestimate the danger. So we end up backing off. We play small. This means we miss out on opportunities. This means that life gets boring. Life gets draining because we're confined. What can we do instead? The first thing we got to do is we got to zoom out. We got to put things in perspective. All of our battles will be forgotten and soon. Don't believe me? Some folks in this country currently believe that this is the worst time in our history. And I got to ask him, do you remember, I mean, are you aware of the conditions that were present in slavery or the Civil War or World War II? Revisit those events. Revisit those events just to see how bad things can get. Revisit those events just to see how bad we can be towards one another. The point being is that those hugely significant battles, those hugely significant events are within just a few generations of the current one, and it's already slipping into obscurity. The impacts of those are already slipping into obscurity. We're losing touch with that. Think about this. Do you, do you even know your great-grandparents? Did you know about what they endured? Did you know what they accomplished? Probably not. 
that was just mere decades ago that they were alive. The bottom line is the wins and the losses that we are facing right now are really not that important. Does this mean that we should withdraw from life? Absolutely not. I want to be really clear that that's what not, I'm not advocating that. When we wall ourselves off from disappointment, then we kill the pathways to aliveness and to deep connection that make life so fulfilling. That's no fun, living in this walled-off life where we don't feel anything, no wins or losses. I want to propose that we play the game full out, but let's remember it's just a game. In other words, let's play fully, but keep an eye on our attachments to the outcome. Because when we attach our identity, when we attach our well-being to this score, to this measurement, to this outcome then that's when the game no longer is a game. It becomes life or death. It becomes a threat to our self-image. It becomes a threat to that primitive part of our brain. So how can we do this? I wish there was a magic button, and I think there's a lot of folks out there that want to sell you this magic button, that if you just do this thing, you're never going to feel disappointment or hurt again. That's bullshit. There's no guarantee that we're not going to get our feathers ruffled or or have some kind of disappointment from time to time. But our humor and our playfulness help us remember that maybe things just aren't as a big deal as we may have made them out to be. Maybe we don't have to take things so seriously as in, oh, there I go. I'm spinning out about this thing. Is there really that much at stake? Or, oh, I there I go, I'm making a huge deal out of this situation. Is this really life or death? Or am I maybe taking myself too seriously? We want to acknowledge, we want to embrace this deep, strong desire to win, we want to, but we also want to remember that it's not everything. We can take a loss. We can remember that we can take a loss. We can feel this disappointment, but we could also put it in perspective. We can remember that, hey, this is a loss, but it's not a threat to my life. It's not a threat to my actual well-being. I'll figure it out. I can get through this. The benefits of taking this approach is that the humor, this ability gives us an opportunity to get over ourselves and it opens the door for us to truly enjoy this game that we all get to play. It keeps us from exaggerating danger. It keeps us from holding back. It keeps us from playing small. It allows us to really drive for what we truly want and take those risks, step into uncertainty and keep our fragile egos from gumming up the gears. When we really slow down and we really take a look at this and when we stop attaching our well-being to the score and the numbers, we can ask ourselves, is there really that much to lose? Let's consider that playing full out is a lot like loving fully. We love fully knowing that those that we love and care about deeply will inevitably pass. We know We will experience loss at some point, but we love anyway. We do it anyway. In love, it's about the experiences we share versus some kind of score. So whatever silly outfit we wear, that we wear into battle, whether it's tight pants and pads or a helmet or maybe a suit and tie, let's play full out. Let's give it our all. Let's leave it all on the field, but let's not forget that we're playing a game. If we wake up, if we grow up, We don't have to let the score eclipse what matters most. We can play full out. We can live and love fully in the short time 
that we have on this planet. I hope that this has been helpful for you. Uh, there are a ton of free resources available at thenewmanpodcast.com. If you want to pick up This Book Will Make You Dangerous, you can go to dangerousbookstore.com. If you'd like to move from information that you're getting in YouTube videos or podcasts and actually move into transformation, uh, visit triplinear.com to learn more about coaching. Here's to greater freedom, aliveness, love, and peace to you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for watching. If you want to take full advantage of all that The New Man has to offer, be sure to visit thenewmanpodcast.com and grab the solutions I've created to help you play a bigger game, align your profession with what really matters, and keep your relationships out of the ditch. It's all available at thenewmanpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.